Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week, or more so tonight, you're all going to die. Or it's, you're all going to die tonight? I fucked that up. But anyway, before we get into this week's Halloween episode, The Evil Dead, we have some bunker keeping to do. <laughs> bunker keeping? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That, that can't be the first time I said bunker keeping, is it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But so in the last episode, or not last episode, sorry, two episodes ago, the Edge of Tomorrow episode, we mentioned the tape cast uh, in the beginning of the episode. So I'm not going to go into it too much. Uh, go back and listen if you haven't heard it and if you want more detail. But basically, we're planning to do a physical release on cassette of the Wasteland Survival Guide, which is essentially just a special episode to listen to after the nukes drop. And we're putting it on cassette, so as you know, it'll always be there. There will be a QR code, so as you can get a download too, of course. And I'm 90%, or we're 90% sure we're going to do it either way, but depending on demand, it could just be a smaller, cheaper thing for Patreon. And basically, we just haven't heard a lot of feedback. I heard, like, some people are interested, but not enough yeah. to do anything about it yet. So, uh, again, let us know. We're going to do it either way. It'll probably be further into the future and cheaper if it's just a, a Patreon thing. But, you know, we can always do it. Once we've done it once, we'll have it recorded, mixed. We'll have the artwork for the labels and all that. So we can just do another order in the future. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Patreon, if you do want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash disaster artists, where we upload episodes early, uh, usually early anyway, without ads. And uh, we put up some bonus episodes. Uh, we do a, an off topic episode, which is just like essentially each episode is a collection of like a bunch of things that we cut out of episodes that were because we cut I, I cut out a lot that is just like nobody needs to hear this and it just goes into the bin but then there's some stuff that is pretty funny or just interesting or might be interesting but just like makes the episode too long so it's all that stuff it's the good stuff that still had to be cut out yes yeah, uh, and we've fine, done man. yeah and we've done our we've done like topics ex- exclusive for patreon and some apocalypse watch stuff i think in total now there's maybe like 12 episodes now only on patreon uh, so you can head over there and i've said this before but if you do sign up to patreon you don't have to stay indefinitely you can do what i do support uh like i i'll just sign up to support a creator for a while take advantage of whatever bonus content is on offer then cancel and let the new bonus co- content build up and then come back a few months later. And it's all good. That's perfectly acceptable. That's what people should do. I'd encourage people to do that. Yeah, we don't need to like you, do every month forever. You know? No, no, it's crazy to just stay supporting any podcaster for like a year. And people have done that and you shouldn't. And I know people, like some people anyway, kind of feel they're kind of worried about content creators that they like getting the, the notification that they've cancelled their membership <laughs> but like for the love of the Kadarian demon <laughs> don't worry about that because like I don't care and it's what I do I don't even look at those notifications anyway and if I do see them I'll just assume you're taking our advice so uh, yeah nobody should worry about that with our podcast or any other podcast or any other content creator but if you're happy with the free content and you don't want any of that Patreon nonsense, you can still support us uh, another way, a uh, completely free way, where you can just go on to Apple Podcasts, 
Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, Audible, or whatever app allows you to do a, a rating or a review. And just give us give us a review. That helps so much. We've said this. We we don't say this enough. Like we sh- we need to say this in every episode that to review us because it helps a huge amount. It's great. Even if you don't like us, tell us what you think. If you don't like us, you know what? Even better. But you know, still, if you don't like us, then give us five stars and then just proceed to like shit on us in the actual review, but just rate us five stars. <laughs> I like that. Everybody should do that anyway. That'd just be kind of funny. I actually, uh, I have some recent reviews if you want to hear some. I'd love to. Okay, so uh, Briz Vegas Braun via Apple Podcasts says, first of all, five stars, uh, my all-time fave podcast. Wow. They say more, but maybe I shouldn't read. The, well, no, actually, because this is this will boost our ego. Uh, I honestly can't get enough of Johnny and Shane. More often, I listen while driving and just sit there laughing like a maniac behind the steering wheel. It's not just funny either. It's quite informative. I joined the party late, but I'm a fan for life. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, they're from Australia. We have a lot of the, the next review is actually from Australia, too, from Wuri. Uh they just say thank you absolutely love the pod i've been listening for from the very beginning uh, such an easy listening listen and really helps in times of anxiety boredom and during cleaning sessions i thought that said cleansing sessions like what uh i hope the guys start getting some more recognition i do too as they deserve it from a scouse girl living in oz uh-huh. Oh, this makes sense. I was wondering because I saw, so another a few reviews down was from a user also on Apple Podcasts from Great Britain and they had the same username, uh-huh. were he, and is in, well, I don't need to spell out the name. And I was one. I thought, oh, that's weird, two of the same usernames, but they obviously, or she obviously, uh, yeah, and reviewed us twice. Oh, that's cool. So when she was in... Great Britain, she reviewed and said, intelligent and a funny listening, one of my favorite ever podcasts. I'm a day one listener. Keep up, guys. And then like a few weeks later, she reviewed us in Australia. Nice. Well, it's a different language, so it makes sense. Right. I'm not going to keep going with reviews, but I do have to three quick ones because these all came together. Uh, one, two from Great Britain, uh, or no, two from the United States and one from Britain. And I just love it because... It's happening with Irish podcasts where like the word crack is just entering other people's vernacular. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is way too long of a username to even read. So f- wait, fuck a real... Whoa, whoa, sorry, now I'm, I need to figure out this username. <laughs> fuck are all the... Oh, the fuck are all the nicknames taken is <laughs> the username. <laughs> That's a pretty good username. <laughs> And they just say, great crack, awesome podcast, awesome lads. Then uh, Pedato Yeti uh, <laughs> says, bunker down, great crack, perfect for an idle movie watching prepper. And then Stokey Steph 88 says, great crack, just starting listening, uh, keep being recommended by those conspiracy guys. Very good. Thanks, Gordo. Uh, oh, yeah. Love the banter. Keep up the good work. There is there is some more, but yeah, well, I'm probably going back. No, actually, yeah, no, if I go back any further, I'm going back to 2020. Uh, I might yeah. have actually put in some 2021s there, but uh, no, if you re- reviewed us recently and uh, I didn't read it out, sorry, you didn't praise us enough. I'll stop with all the bunker keeping after this, but I have one more way 
listeners can support us. And this one, this is not just a free way you can support us. You actually get something free in return uh, by visiting www.audibletrial.com forward slash disaster artists and signing up for a 30 day free trial that you can cancel at any time. Uh, Audible has more audiobooks than we probably have hours left on this earth. So uh, you're bound to find something you like. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't we didn't rehearse that no. even um i know i find audible great for um well because last year i had a baby and as other podcasters have said the same thing is i don't know what parents did before like bluetooth earbuds because it's a fucking <laughs> godsend the amount of nights i spent listening to like uh audible books while trying to get a baby asleep in my arms because <laughs> it's really boring yeah. standing in the dark rocking back and forth with the baby and um i've listened to a ton of books over the last year and a half that i was never into audiobooks and audible really made work. but most recently i've listened to the first two foundation books by isaac asimov and i highly oh, yes. highly recommend them and uh, I'm on another book at the moment, which I haven't decided if I'm going to give a positive reviews yet before I jump on to the third book in the Isaac Asimov series. But uh, we could we could start like a book club where yeah. you could just like uh, curate your Shane's monthly read or whatever. Yeah, and I I find it very handy because um, I had a lot of reading difficulties growing up and stuff like that. And I find it like it it, it would take me like a year to read a book, like or any yeah, any of those books. Yeah. I it would genuinely take me months and months and months. Even if I put in like half an hour, an hour every night, it would just take me so long. Where I, in the last 12 months, I've read 10 books. That's more books than I've read in the previous 30 years of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Audible is awesome. I recommend it. Yeah, it's a great service. And like, even if you prefer, because like we, I've said this before, like I prefer reading a book because I like, my, my thing is like a lot of the time, it's a it's a gamble for me to listen to uh, a novel as an audiobook yeah. because sometimes the author will just assign an accent or a voice to a character and it kind of takes me out of it yeah and stuff like that but audible especially audibles that what they produce themselves they get really good voice actors or they they have like I can't I read what was it I I can't even remember the book but I got an audiobook like maybe 2 years ago and Claire Danes read it Oh, and she's yeah. really good. Just like a really good voice for doing an audiobook. Yeah. But they have some like uh performed stuff too, like the the they're doing the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's the Sandman. I, I listened to that. That is amazing. It's really good. I recommend it. Yeah. So for so even if you prefer reading stuff, and, and in fact, even if you prefer like reading text, you it's not it's I'm not sure how much books it's featured on, but they have a, a feature called Whisper Sync. So you get both the electronic book and the audiobook so oh, you can right. read it on your tablet and then see like you know you're reading at home by the fireplace and then like oh you have to go get the train somewhere you can just pick up where you left off but in the audiobook version that's awesome. so, so it's really good for for stuff like that um but yeah great stuff in fact a book you should speaking of like well-performed books uh and because it relates to this episode, a book you could get with your uh, free credit for signing up at www.audibletrial.com forward slash disaster artists is uh, If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor by Bruce Campbell, the star of Evil Dead. 
and he, he reads it himself. So that's a good uh, segue to get right into the movie. Yeah, except I was going to say, I, the current book I'm listening to is not only read by a woman, but written by a woman. How amazing is that, Johnny? <laughs> We're living in 2021. I'm just saying, it's the future. Women write books now. Okay, so The Evil Dead. Who, um, who, who is it? I can't remember. Who is the woman? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. She's, a, she's a woman, Johnny. I can't remember her name. I don't know women's names. <laughs> the only woman's name I remember is my wife. I was going to say, the only woman's name I know is Mammy. Um. <laughs> we didn't actually go on any tangents there, but that was a ridiculously long opening. I'm sorry for that, but I had to get through all. There, there, there was a lot of bunker keeping there, but yeah. I'll cut it down a bit in editing. So we are discussing 1981's horror classic, The Evil Dead, directed by Sam Raimi, produced by Sam Raimi, along with Rob Teppert and Bruce Campbell, who also stars in it. Um, oh, I guess, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to read out the entire cast of the film. He also stars alongside Ellen Sandwich, Richard DeManicor, Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly, and, oh, and that's it. That, that's all the actors in this entire film. It's two men and three women. That's it. Yeah. Did I actually, maybe I missed somebody there. I don't think I listed There's three like women. There's like or Fake Shemp. What was Fake Shemp? Fake Shemp. So, uh. So so this film, Sam Raimi directs it, but really it's kind of co-directed by Sam Raimi, Robert Teppert and Bruce Campbell. They're like three yeah. friends from Michigan. They're all dropped out of college to make this film. And they're huge Three Stooges fans. Uh, hence oh, all the slapstick cool. comedy. Yeah, yeah. Shemp, Shemp, however you pronounce his name, the tree, of the Three Stooges. Yeah. Uh, he died when they had like a few films sort of half made. So, oh, yeah. They had a stand-in for a lot of his scenes of course, and credited yeah. them as fake shemp. So in this, any time they used a stand-in, they were just credited as a fake shemp. That's really funny. Because I, I was wondering, because I knew that about Three Stooges, but I didn't put it together when I was watching the credits of this movie. That's really funny. Right. They, um, one of the actresses from this, I can't remember her name, because as we've established, we don't remember women's names. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, no, but what I mean is I can't remember which actress. There's only three in it. Yeah. But uh, she, maybe she was the only like proper actress, as in the only one with like SAG membership. She went to meet the three of them in a restaurant. And she was expecting, like, you know, guys at least 30, not like three 19-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she walked into the restaurant and she was, like, looking around and she just saw three guys sitting around the table together <laughs> doing a Three Stooges bit where they were, like, blowing straws at each other and, do like, doing shit with the, with the cutlery just to entertain each other. <laughs> and she was, like, I, I, at that moment, she was, like... I should probably just turn around and because that's clearly them. Yeah, I should walk away. And then she just had to she had to sit down and talk to them just because it was such a bizarre situation. But, <laughs> like they were that's what like they were kids when they met this like 19. Oh. So young. I I was thinking as I watch it and it's jumping way ahead in the movie. But there's kind of like I suppose the third act I thought Bruce Campbell looks older in the third act and I wondered did they have to come back and do reshoots or or is it just because his hair is slicked back differently because he's covered in blood and stuff and uh and I was wondering that well 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 they did I think like it they started shooting in 1979 and we're kind of on and off for like 
a few years up until like 1981. Yeah. They shot it mostly in Tennessee in six weeks. And then all the actresses left. Because they're all with like loads. And I think kind of like they were sick of it. Yeah, yeah. They were like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing any. Uh, if you don't need to see my, you don't need to see my face, I'm leaving kind of thing. Oh, so they fair. spent the next year kind of getting bits and pieces here and there with, with stand-ins and stuff. And like it's shot, like every time they go into the cellar, they're in Michigan in, in Sam Raimi's mother's basement. That's mad. <laughs> oh, because it's only the, the two, the, it's only, it's only um, Ash and Scotty who are in the basement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there, there's no even cellar in the cabin they're actually in for the film. They just like literally pulled up some floorboards and dug into the art to have enough room for somebody to stand like they're climbing out of the, the cellar. <laughs> probably like on their knees like uh, that's crazy and they pretty much had to build the, the cabin the exterior of the cabin is the only thing that existed they like they had to build all the inside of it they had to gut essentially and rebuild because it was so old it was in ruins like yeah it's um there there's all the scenes where it's like looking through the windows into the cabin and it looks like like a totally different set <laughs> to like the rest. like it's way bigger like the rooms and stuff it just looks like a completely different place um, mm. but it's but, such a great looking cabin that they got though like, yeah it looks yeah, so different. creepy and and, and whole, they have that that pathway down to it and everything or laying yeah, yeah. down to it it's brilliant and the whole thing is, uh, what I think is like okay again it's by today's standards is that like it's it looks like a cheap student film but when you think of the time they made it and how much money they had and then the effects they actually pulled off and yeah. then how creative they got with the camera and stuff. It's just such a, it's, it's, it's the Citizen Kane of its time. You know what I mean? In terms of like, they just got so inventive. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like in a way you could probably do it for like half the budget now because yeah. you're doing it digitally. So you don't have to worry about film, but also if you're doing it digitally, you won't be finding as creative ways to do the effect. Like the effects won't look as good because, well, also like there's something about the 60, because it's 16 millimeter as opposed to 35 millimeter. So it kind of hides, it hides some of the flaws as well. Yeah. And it takes down the budget quite a bit. But most of like the skill in the film is mainly just like the, the, the in-camera effects that they use. Yeah, big time. And it's, it's just so clever and it's simple stuff like reversing film but just done in such a unique way oh yeah like the vines wrapping around the girl's legs yeah and stuff like that. it just looks great and even like there's there's a great like uh, establishing shot at one point of the cabin and you just see like clouds uh, there's a big full moon over the cabin and you see the clouds like dart in front of it really fast yeah yeah you know right. that shot yeah you know how do you know what they've done there no no I was gonna ask you if you knew that that's literally a fish tank with uh, a printout of the moon taped to one side and they just inject ink yeah yeah that's all it is and then it's overlaid that's incredible and it looks great like um and like there do, do you know the budget no no Sorry. i was gonna say then that they they use the heck out of their fog machines and even they do stuff like where they reverse the fog in front of the camera and stuff and it just looks unnatural yeah, yeah, the way yeah. it flows and stuff there's some really good just clever stuff like that 
Um, sorry, what was the budget? So, uh, three it, now it, there's no definitive answer, but somewhere between around three hundred grand. Wow, is really? what they yeah. estimate. Yeah, so it sounds more than you'd actually think. Yeah, yeah, but that's covering everything. So that's across like probably three years, including getting people to Tennessee. Uh, like sixty, so you think about sixteen millimeter. That probably it's a general rule with sixteen millimeters when you take buying it and developing it and everything yeah. into account. It's a about a dollar a second. Yeah, I, actually, I I watched a YouTube unrelated, but I watched a YouTube video of a guy who's shooting sixteen mil now. Uh, he does like music videos and stuff. An Australian artist, and he was saying he reckoned in US dollars it was about. $80 for 100 feet and then about $100 to develop that and then if you want it digitally yeah, scanned right. then it's about another hunt so he reckoned about roughly you're looking $300 for three minutes of footage yeah I shot a 60 millimeter film in college not after me and oh yeah you did that other course yeah, with your real friends yeah <laughs> uh, and yeah that seems about right I think yeah it was like 200 for 11 minutes i think is what i paid oh, or not what i paid what the college oh yeah you probably had a 50 foot roll or whatever was it yeah did that include getting developed i can't even remember but but the general rule is yeah a euro uh, or a euro a dollar anyway per second yeah. now but, uh could have been different but that's there. of your raw footage as well that's before you edit like so every minute you see yeah. on screen there they probably shot five minutes like <laughs> Well, you take take it, yeah. So, like, it's a ninety minute movie. So, the the only the the film that was only used in the film that exists now that would equate to maybe like six grand. But then you you shoot three or four takes for every second, say yeah. that jumps up to twenty five grand already. But also, they Im- implement so much slow motion and also like speeding up the camera yeah. and they're doing stop motion where it's literally a frame a yeah, second cool. and then sped up uh like they could have spent like 50, 50 grand alone on just film maybe <laughs> i don't i don't know maybe that's way too but, high but that's it like you look at it now it's you could shoot that 4k for free you you've that cost for free basically it's on a memory card like you know <laughs> yeah well that'd go into your but that you'd include that in your budget though so you're no, no, but in that, <laughs> however, the outgoing cost of that say 50k for film stock you you don't need basically nowadays. well you'd pay like that call technically if you were to budget for that in a modern film it'd be like a couple of hundred euro because yeah, yeah. it'd be how many the number of memory cards yeah and you need use. some hard drives and stuff and to back it up and all that kind of yeah. yeah but also i assume they they probably because 16 millimeter a 16 millimeter camera is still quite expensive yeah, yeah. but considering how they were shooting it i do imagine they probably bought a camera instead of renting oh, one so. considering they were going to be shooting it for three years so that's going to run you an awful lot yeah yeah like that's thousands oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. in itself so no no maybe they did rent it like there's they could have rented it from their college or yeah. something. But either way, it costs a lot of money to rent a, to rent a, any camera like that is going to cost you. So that's where that eats up their budget straight away. I was also thinking about watching it going, like, it's, there's a couple of shots where you're like, oh, they only did one take of this, didn't they? You know, because <laughs> that's all they could afford. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> yeah. um, 
but it's still pretty good you know it's great then you and i used to have this joke uh because i think clerks the budget of clerks was like 50 grand yeah or something and we were going to like remake clerks but our thing was we would only spend like one euro for every thousand kevin smith <laughs> spent or something so essentially like see can we make remake it for 50 euro yeah the... <laughs> but using digital yeah yeah because yeah, if once we had access to a shop and a digital camera it's like oh we don't actually need to spend anything else but the thing is technically you couldn't make it for 50 euro because you're gonna have to feed people and arrange transport and all that is included in your budget and people kind of don't think about that. Well, that's what I was about to say. It was with their um, their 300 grand. I imagine there was a lot of booze, cigarettes and burgers and diesel and petrol gone into that. Like how many pizzas were yeah. like... Were, well, a, that, you know? a lot of people, a lot of independent filmmakers make their budgets. They don't include a lot of stuff into their budget to make it sound like more of a task than it really was. Yeah. As if that's not more of a task than it really was. So that's a weird way to phrase it. But to think that, that that is more like, it's a better story for it to be a lower budget. Yeah. But you should be including things like feeding yourself while you're editing. And that's your, like if you're like Sam Raimi, while he was spending a year editing, yeah. that was his job. That was his, he was working nine to five editing. Yeah. And he was probably taking money from the budget to like house himself and feed himself while he's doing that as he should be like that's he's working on the film and yeah a lot of people won't still take that out of their own pocket and not really include it in the budget but you really should be because especially your time it's more accurate information like your time is a big deal yeah like because if somebody offered to do like say like for some reason a special effects team just offered to work completely for free for you and you made something like the matrix you wouldn't be like oh yeah this was a low budget film you would account for what that special effects company would normally charge yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess yeah it's not your budget because you're not paying for it but like Worth. it's a little deceiving not to take into consideration that had you paid for this it would have cost you yeah. 20 grand or whatever 200 yeah. grand blah blah but like, you'll see that all over youtube it's like i made this movie for 20 dollars it's like no you didn't no you didn't that's bullshit you didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, um but great movie anyway well that's what that's what your man that irish director terry mcmatton done with his films for like oh we made this for 200 dollars but he didn't make it he didn't make it for he didn't make it for two or no maybe he made it for 200 euro or whatever yeah. or 2000 whatever the fuck he said but everybody that worked for him put in a lot more they they didn't make it for 200 dollars they put in yeah thousands of euros worth of their time to brag about how you made a movie for two grand when you had free labor of like maybe 20 crew members that typically would have made like two grand for the 10 days or whatever uh, it took to shoot that shit film that's just nonsense that's untrue that it it's only a 2,000 euro film or whatever. It's actually like a 40, there's 40,000 euro on screen because that's what it would have cost you if you didn't have free labor. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So a budget of around 300 grand grossed nearly 30 million theatrically. Oh, fuck me, really? That doesn't compare at all to what it done then on VHS and DVD. Yeah. Like it got a limited release really theatrically. Like it played, it played in fucking grindhouses and shit. What a return. Jesus. Well, like, 
I I would love to see how much money the franchise because like it spawned an entire franchise like two sequels a remake countless comic books video games a TV yeah, series a TV very TV, recently yeah. uh, there's a new like big multiplayer like AAA game coming out really <laughs> yeah, yeah it's made so much money and and I love like they they essentially created the okay into mainstream and stuff like that so it's it's not zombies it's possessed people who are now dead or yeah the dead possessed like it's just it, and at the for the time it wasn't something that had been done before i'm sure it existed in fiction but and folklore and stuff but it wasn't something that yeah not in movies yeah. A lot of it, like there's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff, yeah. obviously, even like the Necronomicon, the, the Book of the Dead is featured yeah. in it. Um, it definitely, it was definitely like the first mainstream movie like that, at least of that era. There's probably something similar in like the 40s and 50s. Yeah. But also like, you know, how Sam Raimi, and he's been a master at ever since. And it's more so in Evil Dead 2, but the blend of comedy. <laughs> Uh, like her like it's a horror comedy i think the first evil dead is more horror yeah but they still get comedy from like the gross uh, about he he gets comedy from just escalating things and escalating them until they just become re- really absurd really quickly and they're just funny even though they're just it's just violence but because it escalates so quickly you just laugh at it. i have only seen this in army in darkness i've never seen evil dead 2 now that i think about it Wait, you've never now that I think about it. you've never seen Evil Dead yeah, 2? Now that I think about it. Just as you said it there. I must watch it. Like I literally I finished I had ten minutes left on this movie and I watched it today on my lunch at the last ten minutes and straight after it I was like, I need to watch Evil Dead 2 now. You've never seen Evil Dead 2. I've seen Army of Darkness like five times. <laughs> Evil but Evil Dead 2 is one of the best movies ever met. Really? Evil Dead 2 is an absolute masterpiece. Okay, I, need, I, I will watch it. Yeah, you need to watch Evil Dead 2. It is an incredible movie. So first of all, it's essentially a remake of Evil this, Dead because they lost the I think the that's what rights. put me off was several people have said that to me, that it's, oh, it's just a remake and then made me think, well, then why do I need to watch it? Yeah. The first act is a remake and then as soon as the force pushes Ash out the door, it essentially picks up as a sequel. Oh, okay. Uh Evil Dead 2 is, inc- it's an incredible, like, it's definitely in my top 10, probably top 5. And, and and I'm not alone. Like, a lot of people think that it is up there with, like, Citizen okay, Kane and shit. That. There's even, have you ever seen uh, Serendipity, is it? With uh, John Cusack and Jack Black? No, I haven't seen it. Where they own a record store? <laughs> There's a great scene in that where they have a, a whole conversation about why Evil Dead 2 is the greatest movie ever made. It's not serendipity, isn't it? I know the movie you mean. Not serendipity. I know the movie you mean. F- no, no, um, sorry, hold on. F- f- High Fidelity, F- yeah. High Fidelity. That is a great one. movie. Um. <laughs> Fidelity, serendipity, similar yeah, words. But yeah, Evil Dead 2 is fantastic. It's so okay, good. Okay, I'll watch it this week. And it's, it's, mo- it's mostly just Bruce Campbell. So we're going to do that for our next episode then. <laughs> Well, the thing is, they're pretty much the same movie. This is why I was kind of so shocked you haven't seen it, because I was essentially going to say we're kind of doing both of them, but I guess we're not. I, th- I think that's what made me just not watch it, is because so many people have said, oh, it's basically a remake because they lost the rights. Like, so many people, like, back it from when is, we were in film like, school, I think that's just what everyone had said to me, and then I kind of went, oh, okay, I've seen the original. Yeah. 
but it is that but it's essentially the first half an hour is a remake or maybe i can't remember how long exactly but the first act is a remake but then it picks up the ending of this film it leads to that and then you have a whole extra hour of just ash on his own being tortured and it's amazing like it's complete it's like charlie chaplin in a horror because <laughs> priest campbell's amazing um, this will sell you on it the biggest like sort of set piece in it that lasts for maybe 15 to 20 minutes is his hand gets possessed well, then maybe i have seen that you probably maybe you see i'm sure you, you tuned into a halfway through on channel four yeah, some yeah, night when you're a teenager because i was watching this and i was waiting for that to happen in in this right. one having not watched this for like whatever 10 15 years you know and uh i was so sure that happened in this movie because they do the whole set piece with the chainsaw and he's gonna cut it's shelly is it yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. his girlfriend and he's gonna cut her up and then he can't do it linda it i think shelly whatever ah, the, yeah. the one who's his girlfriend <laughs> we don't remember um, women's names oh i'm not there's cheryl linda and shelly and i'm not sure yeah yeah it doesn't um, matter. All women look the same to me anyway. He, uh, and just, they like introduced the chainsaw at that point, but then it's never used. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be used later. And then I was, cause, cause of course, cause I've seen Army Darkness and it's like he's replaced his hand with the chainsaw and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would also recommend the remake. The 2013 one. Yeah. I, I know like there's a lot of like hardcore Evil Dead fans that hate it just because it's a remake. Oh yeah. But I think it's really good. It's mostly Evil Dead 1, but they take a lot of elements of Evil Dead 2. And it hits all like the plot beats, or not plot beats, but set pieces. Like the rape in the forest, the possessed hand, the chainsaw on the girlfriend's head off. It just hits all those beats, but it plays it all so straight. Like it just makes it really dark and horrible. Which, And I think like if you're going to do a remake, it should just do something different. And I think it's clever to take the exact all the beats that the original hit and then just remove all comedy now the demons in it are still like playful and they're having a good time but nobody else is but the, that's real like uh, the last 10 years of remakes is it's like yeah but let's make it serious like let's take it real seriously that's fun. but they usually do it they do it where like oh we're going to take something that's like not serious at all like oh we're going to take dora the explorer and make it a gritty dark reboot <laughs> And that's usually what yeah. they do, but these are, they're actually taking a horror film and just like dialing the horror up to 11 and oh, yeah. ignoring all the comedy. Because I think it's actually the opposite now where everybody's taking the horror and making it meta and having jokes thrown in and nobody takes anything serious in horror movies anymore. I blame Marvel for that, yeah. Uh, I blame Marvel, but in a way, actually, it's funny because it all comes back, everything comes full circle in a way you can kind of blame sam raimi yeah that's true. because he he was the one like with his horror movies he done this where he just escalated things and escalated it till it just became ridiculous and you were just laughing at how quickly things escalated yeah. and then he took that same approach to a, a certain film called spider-man yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you go back and watch his spider-man movie especially the first two they could easily fit into the current Marvel universe. Oh yeah, yeah. The way characters act and the quips and the yeah, I think his are a lot better than the execution of comedy to like some of the recent ones. But I think like the the first like Iron Man, the first Thor movie and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
they could have dropped Sam Raimi's Spider-Man into that universe and it would have been fine. Into the phase one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised they never did. They didn't do that, actually. Well, they didn't have the rights. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um, but I suppose, like, as well, this goes into the same, it's the same kind of humour, like, with Peter Jackson with, um, is it Dead Meat? And, oh, what's yeah, the other one? Yeah. Maybe he did as well, the other horror movie. No, no, you're saying Dead Meat. You're thinking of Brain Dead. Oh, Brain Dead, yeah, yeah. Dead Meat is the Irish zombie movie. Oh, sorry. Uh, Brain Dead, and it, it had another name in some regions. Um, no, I think he he did have another one, though. But, well, he, he was strongly influenced by the Evil Dead, as was, were most horror filmmakers. I mean, um, what's-his-face with Shaun of the Dead? Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright, like, Evil Dead would have been a huge influence. Bad and taste like is what cringe. we're both thinking of. Well, no, I well, he, he has a film called Brain Dead as well. Is that it? is... Yeah, yeah, it's the one where um, the monkey, it's a, a, a monkey spreads a virus. <laughs> okay. A monkey that was, uh, I think it's a, a monkey that was raped by by a rat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's um, bad taste and dead alive. Yeah, brain dead and dead alive are the same movie. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it was brain dead in some regions. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've never seen bad taste. It's fucking hilarious. So over the top. Brain Dead's the same. It's fantastic. Brain Dead, I think, if I recall, it's closer to something like Evil Dead. Like the end. And it's Is that where your man has the lawnmower? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. It's just going through a house of zombies with a lawn, like, with a lawnmower. Yeah. And just yeah. shredding, like, just turning them all into... Pure oh, Evil yeah, Dead fights. But there's just such an appeal for that kind of level of just over the top. Um, yeah, I should also mention, because, sorry, we're listing off, like, how this, the, the franchise this created. I never mentioned they actually had a spiritual sequel very recently. Oh, sorry, yeah. Have you seen or heard of the Shudder original series Creepshow? I think so. It's an anthology series like uh, Tales from the Crypt based on the George Romero and Stephen King done a, yeah. a film called Creepshow in the 80s that was an, an anthology film and it was like an homage to the old EC comics. Oh, okay. So uh, they've started a series of it on Shudder, the streaming service, a horror exclusive streaming service. But on in season two, they have a, an incredible episode where it's like, and you don't, uh, I'm kind of ruining it for people by telling them this, but it's like a, a public access TV station doing a, a telethon to raise money. Oh, yeah. And there's like this Bob Ross character in it who's, uh, he's he, he, I think he's losing his job or something, but he's staying there for one last night to help them raise money because he's such a nice guy. <laughs> and... They mentioned that they have a demonologist coming on on one of the talk shows. Brilliant. And you're like, okay, this is getting interesting. And then suddenly Sam Raimi is on screen playing the character, playing the old man that you hear on the tape in The Evil Dead. Oh, and he's got the book oh, of the dead. That is brilliant. And they read it on air and then the entire crew become deadites. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's Bob Ross fighting deadites. It's <laughs> incredible. That is fantastic. So it's in the Evil Dead universe, like. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it it references the evil. Yeah, like yeah. they have the Necronomicon. It's the exact same book. Sam Raimi fucking plays the plays the guy. That's brilliant. Um, that is fantastic. Like, obviously, I don't think it's technically in it, but yeah, 
I think like it's up to you to decide if it's in it or not. I, I don't think they're. Yeah, I I think they're Sam Raimi doesn't really give a shit what's canon and why isn't. Yeah. It's like that, you you can believe what you is want. That set, is it set in like the seventies or is it set or eighties or is it set in modern day? Or? It's kind of a bit timeless. It's set in modern day only because Shutter isn't the biggest streaming service, so their yeah. shows are pretty low budget. Um, no, actually, maybe I think to say he's Bob Ross is. It's obviously not Bob Ross. It's a character like him. I think they say he's a Vietnam vet, so it must be set in the eighties. Oh, I need to watch this. That sounds really good. Um, Great series yeah. in general. This is Johnny just uh, jumping in from a point in the future to let you know that I was wrong. Uh, I just realised as I was editing, it is not Sam Raimi that was in Creep Show. It was his brother Ted, who is also in the Evil Dead. He plays well. I think he's just a fake shemp in Evil Dead One and he has a bigger part in evil dead too he's not much younger than sam he looks practically the same as him they both sound the exact same uh, and i think i knew when watching creep show that it was ted Raimi. i just forgot that detail but anyway having him in there serves the same purpose it's a reference to the evil dead but i just wanted to make that clear so as nobody feels the need to give me shit about it that's one thing watching having watched this again and I haven't watched a good chunk of uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, the series and stuff. The, the one thing, big takeaway I took away from it was how small the book is. And it's in like two scenes. It's not emphasized that much yeah, as well. Because yeah. later on, it's a bigger book, isn't it? It's more like a laptop sized book. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big thing. Well, well in, the, in the first one too, like they kind of dropped the ball on some of the artwork in the book where you're like, that looks like it was done this morning yeah. on a biro. Like, <laughs> even though like other stuff, like the dagger, the old dagger to have, like that looks like an ancient dagger, but the book just looks like somebody drew that on a Bic pen yeah. like, between, between shots. Yeah. So it's kind of, so for me to get my head around it in terms of like continuity, it's like the first Evil Dead doesn't really have any connection to the second two is it? it's kind of that's probably the the best way if you're ignoring if if you or sorry if you want to just go with continuity ignore the first film yes and so it's evil dead 2 from evil Army dead Darkness, and then the tv series kind of picks up from there i have seen like f- fan theories of how like because ash clearly is special in some way because it, he can't be possessed in the second well he can be but he can gain control of the demon in the second yeah. one so f- there is fan theories that they can all exist con- in continuity but because he, the demon can't really possess him that they wipe his memory oh, and that's why he comes yeah, back to the cabin yeah. in evil dead 2 and i guess i'm not sure if that makes sense but i guess if you just want to again continue just matter in these films you can make up whatever you want if it helps you enjoy them it's funny because i was gonna say is it more like it's he's he's stuck in a kind of a almost a time loop or you know he's that's um i think richard kelly the director of donnie darko believes in that that's his theory that it's a time loop yeah yeah. and it's whatever Um, and that's why actually in in donnie darko it's a army of darkness that they go to see in the cinema oh yeah I think that's meant to be a nod to the whole his time loop thing in that film. Yeah, there's the whole, and then there's the whole thing in Army of Darkness that there's there's two there's an alternate ending where he sleeps too long and wakes up in the 
apocalyptic future, which is which is an alternative yeah, loop yeah. that he's gone through, and everything. Yeah, it's kind of it's like no matter what he does, he will always end up fighting the demons. And yeah, yeah. but two, two, three, and the TV series just have to be the longest loop that he's managed or whatever. Also, uh, the Evil Dead franchises, who we have to thank for the Cone Brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, um, I think it's their, their, or one of them anyway, was assistant editor on it. Oh. His first, first job. Very good. So it kind of made, he made his bones on it. That's... Yeah, and especially because like Sam Raimi and the boys were from Michigan and the Coens brothers, might, not Wisconsin. They're from Fargo, right? State beside Wisconsin. Hold on. Need to look up Wisconsin <laughs> on the map. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah, uh, Minnesota. My point was that they're not exactly states that you associate with major Hollywood directors coming oh, coming yeah. from and making their movies in. So, like the fact that they came together yeah. makes sense. And um, so, it's like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and all, they all went to like college together. Was it? Is that the idea that they mm. all did? Um, yeah, yeah. My beat. And all dropped out of college together. That's really funny. My big, my big takeaway watching this was, man, Bruce Campbell can fucking act. Like, <laughs> he is really good. Like, <laughs> even, and because he's given some, like, pretty hard tasks. Like, there's one scene where one of the deadite knocks him into a bookcase and he falls down and he has to pretend like he can't get up from underneath this bookcase. And you're looking at it and you're like, that is like two shelves off an Ikea bookcase. <laughs> like, my dog could could escape that. But, you know, he makes it look like he's completely, he's almost like do, doing a, a pro wrestler acting job on it. But it's pretty convincing. <laughs> and he just takes it. But, but I think, I think if he, he sells that he's been... Um, He's gotten his bell rung from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He can't lift the that's shelf. A, well, that's kind of what like, I mean oh, by the pro wrestler thing. Where, where, where a lesser actor would, where a lesser actor would sell it as, oh, this tiny flimsy bit of wood is really heavy. <laughs> where he sells it as, he's dazed and confused, and he's trying to get his his wits about him. I love. I'm not sure who I heard describe it. But it was another director. But they described how most horror movies are about. Uh, people being picked off but the evil dead films are just about one character being picked on (laughs) (laughs) now he becomes like an action hero kind of by army of darkness he's still a bit goofy but uh the first two he's definitely just been picked on by both the demons and his friend who's directing it and just torturing them Toby Maguire tells this really funny story because Bruce Campbell has a cameos in the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man <laughs> movies, the Spider-Man yeah. movies. Uh, but the whenever like Bruce Campbell would make a mistake, uh, Sam Raimi would just come up and whip him, hit him with a stick. <laughs> he just had a stick <laughs> to hit Bruce Campbell whenever he got, because they're, they grew up, they're like best friends as children, not children, but teenagers. Like, so you can have that relationship. <laughs> Maybe not nowadays. <laughs> if, there's anyone, if there's anyone you can hit on set, it's your best yeah, mate. I just love the idea of a director walking around with a stick and it's only to hit one actor. Like all the other actors are safe. But there's one actor that can get hit by the stick if he fucks up. <laughs> I like that. Um, now, I realize we... Ha- it makes me think I wrote a part for you. <laughs> for 
I'm going to direct. And um, It's called Johnny versus the Stick. It's called The Whipping Boy. <laughs> and... <laughs> it just sounds like you have a BDSM movie in the works. Uh, you have a whole website. I bought the domain name. Um, we have been talking for a long time about like the behind the scenes and how much we like the film. We have not got into the actual plot really at all, but maybe we don't need to because it's very basic, but we should probably lay it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt the same, like we didn't have to, but yeah, no, we do. So it's the classic, it's the teens go to a cabin in the woods story. It's five Michigan State University students uh, going to Tennessee they rent a cabin as because all college students drive across country and rent a cabin up in the mountains. They probably did do that a lot in the eighties, <laughs> maybe. But you see that in modern horror movies, and you're like, "Who the fuck?" I don't know anybody who's went up the mountains to a cabin for a week. <laughs> Not at that age. Now I would. Now I definitely would. But when we were in college, like that was yeah, never yeah. on the cards. And no, that's why I actually like in the in the remake. The conceit for them to be in the cabin is that the main character or one of the main characters she's a drug addict and it's her friends taking her to a one of her parents cabin or their grandfather's cabin just to try and get her clean to detox her which is a good conceit because you're like yeah that's a good reason to go somewhere that remote whereas like college students college students going to a cabin to party it's like really like Maybe if it was like a huge party, but like six or seven college students aren't going to just rent a cabin for a week up the mountains. Yeah, or in this case, five. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like a couple, two couples, and then the sister of one of the guys. <laughs> Which, this is a funny thing. So yeah, like, so it's Ash, his girlfriend, Bruce Campbell, his girlfriend, and then his friend and his girlfriend. And then there's this, this other girl who... I think it might have been the like, the, yeah, and it might have been like the third time I watched this movie before I caught the line halfway through when she's already possessed, where she mentions that she's Ash's sister. Really? Did you? Because I was so confused. Because there's the scene where she's gets she makes Ash. Uh, okay, well, let's go. To, okay, so sorry, so, yeah, so we'll build up to it. Sorry. No, well, we can get to it quickly. Shit goes wrong in the woods. There's, or it, when they're in the cabin, it's already hinted to us that there's something not right. We see this character, Cheryl, kind of get possessed one night as she's drawing. Uh, yeah. Like her, her hand gets p- possessed as she's like doing some artwork and she doesn't tell anybody about it really. Then later that night, as they're having dinner, the trap door flies open. Uh, they go down, they find. Uh, a bunch of old artifacts including like a, a the ancient book uh the book of the dead along with uh audio real to real recording of uh archaeologists they play it and it's an archaeologist who talks about an excavation he just came from uh and they play it blah 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 this is the classic horror setup we don't need to go into it too much i guess yeah but now we're up to, I, I was just trying to like get to where you were talking about. She she doesn't like what them play in the tape. So she leaves for a walk in the woods and then something incredibly bad happens. The woods rape her. <laughs> they yeah. come alive and tie her down and spread her legs open and throw vines into her. And uh, it's really graphic. Actually, <laughs> It's extremely graphic for such an absurd scene. Yeah, it's mad and then she obviously she runs back and she's 
screaming and giving out. She's covered in blood and bruises and cuts. And, and uh, none of them quite believe what happened to her. But then, so which is where I was going, is the whole thing. She's like, Ashley, you got to get me out of here. You're taking me home. And she like makes them get into the car and she's telling them the car won't start and all that kind of stuff. And then the car does start and where they are, you need a bridge. They cross over this Bakhti bridge to get there in the first place. And when yeah, they get to the bridge, yeah. it's broken down and stuff. But that whole time I was like, but he's, he's with the other girl. Yeah, why that's what he, I, I remember thinking that originally. Why is she so like, why is he doing, not that you wouldn't help your mate, but I was like, oh, they seem really close. Because at one point, like he's, he's, he's the only one comforting her and, at one point he's like holding her in his arms and she's like she feels really like after she's been attacked and all that kind of stuff and i was like what's the relationship here are they friends or i did not cop on that she was his sister and you see i wasn't sure because as we've established we don't remember women so i just thought maybe i forgot which one was his girlfriend (laughs) i'm not sure if that's a running joke we want to (laughs) to to start um, with our audible um, (laughs) i think i think we're too deep into it now to go cutting that out um yeah it's not until like when she's possessed and she's like uh, and as the demon i can't remember the line but it's something like aren't you going to help your sister or something like that oh and yeah as the demon yeah, yeah. yeah and that's the first time it's like oh other oh, oh they're related that i guess that makes sense but i don't think that's mentioned at, like Maybe we're you're just meant to assume that because they're close and she's yeah. clearly not his girlfriend. But it wasn't until I like the second or third time. Yeah. But then there is things like that's what's funny about this film. So his sister, after being raped by the woods, becomes possessed. She's the first one to attack and they throw her in the cellar and lock her down there or whatever. But eventually, obviously, she has to be dealt with. And so she's killed. And Ash takes that exceptionally well. But it makes sense now that I know that because through her whole attack and all the stuff, it's she's pretty chill. Um, No, it's not her. It's the other guy. It's Scotty's girlfriend who uh, ends up being dismembered. His sister is in the is un, is in under the trapdoor for ages. Not but you still killed. He, but you still killed no. either way. Yeah. No, it's um, Scotty's girlfriend who turns. Then so they put her in the basement. The, the sister. Yeah, okay, sorry. You're go. Yeah, but just going. You're going in order. But my point is, well, they're all killed at some point, and they all take oh, sorry, it yeah, exceptionally yeah. well. Scotty's an even better one because Scotty does it himself. Scotty literally stabs his possessed girlfriend in the back, and he's really not bothered. By it. Doesn't phase him one bit. The best part. So at this point, Ash's girlfriend Linda isn't feeling. She's she's gotten stabbed in the ankle, in the Achilles heel, oh, and so amazing. she she can't walk. And Scotty's like, "We have to leave here." and Ash is like, we can't leave, Linda can't walk. And Scotty just looks at him and goes, I don't care about her. She's your girlfriend. (laughs) Can you you imagine saying that to somebody? And they just buried Scotty's girlfriend in several pieces in the woods. And he's just like, oh man, we had to kill her. Like, I got to go home. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so funny how nobody cares. But even, and like, you know, obviously, Bruce, like he, so he struggles more with uh, 
Yeah, well, I guess it, yeah, there is a bit of struggle with uh, Ash having to kill his own possessed girlfriend. Yeah, that he can't like at least he 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 buries her instead. He can't dismember her. I guess is the thing. Sure. Until he has to. Mm. Yeah, but they still take it uh, very well. Having to like you know if this was, if it was a modern movie, that's what would be different. That there would be uh, an emotional sort of scene where Scotty reflects on what he just done to his girlfriend and bruce has to talk to him or ash has to talk to him about it wasn't her anymore yeah and i guess but like then then that kind of makes me think is the reason ash lasts the longest just because he has the most empathy for everybody you know probably uh, but also i think sam raimi was kind of just like well nobody really that's not fun to watch nobody wants to yeah. watch ash comforting scotty for five minutes telling him that it wasn't really his girlfriend so let's just ignore that and just yeah, have the, fun the, the, the big scene with them is scotty being like i don't want to die i can't i, I don't want to die because he's like coughing up blood and shit and it's kind of hinted at even though you never see it is that scotty tried to walk the trail and then he too got raped by the woods uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's got like stabbed like at one point when he's a deadite and um, Ash pulls a whole like like log stick like out of out of his stomach that had been been stabbed mm, with mm. you kind of didn't notice earlier and so, uh, I like I like how there seems to be rules to uh, to the to the deadites like they need Okay, they can reanimate human dead pe- people, but they and they tend to kill the the host or whatever. But they still need like blood and muscle function and stuff to work. Yeah, they're not completely invincible. And that's the idea that to to defeat a deadite, you need to dis dismember them. It's not just cut off the head because they're yeah. still alive when you cut off the head. You need to literally just hack them up. That's the only way to stop them. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just want to point out, because there's an, an interesting thing you just said, you, I'm not sure how exactly you phrased it, but you, you refer to them as they. Yeah. Uh, it's not the correct, correct pronoun. Uh, no. Um, so you think it's a bunch of demons? Um, because there's, some pe- people go back and forward on this, but I think the idea is actually that it's only one demon. Really? Yeah. Because I just kind it, of thought of... The way um is it Shelley is his girlfriend acts very different to the other one and so Yeah, and that's how I kinda feel there would be. And there is like I thought there was a line where one of them refers to them as we. Yeah. So it's like several and even the voices of um again, Shelley's like she does the whole like where it sounds like a bunch of creepy kids singing nursery rhyme yeah. and stuff. But and I it's, guess... it's more than one voice. So I don't think she's possessed by one. She's possessed by several of them. You know what I mean? It's kind of... Yeah, well, now I I haven't watched it, but apparently it is elaborated on in Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. And in that it is actually established. There is one. It's the Kandarian demon. Ah, okay. There is in possession of everything. But even so, I feel like that's more, is that, is the Kandarian demon more like a, a Satan where he just has control over sub-demons, kind of? Yeah, yeah, or it's... Like a like a hive mind kind of thing and he's just the yeah. one in control? Or it's his 
he puts different parts of his mind into people or whatever you know yeah and but that's it because because it's in evil dead too but the whole line about like we'll swallow your souls that like that's what he wants he wants souls so is he swallowing souls to then get more powerful and then those souls are what he uses to possess deadites so it's kind of a a wee then because it's he's he's reusing human souls yeah yeah he Um, he is a wee in himself uh, yeah well i guess that's what what kind of makes it cool that it's kind of like a little bit beyond our understanding that it's kind of just one demon in control but he's in control of thousands and maybe millions of souls he's taken yeah, you know, yeah he possesses deadites they're what are how he makes deadites yeah that's a good way of looking at it i think yeah and because in army of darkness we see de- like there's actual like demons with physical demons with wings and shit yeah. like, so that are coming and in skeletons and yeah so yeah it's an army i feel like it is multiple demons but there is one over overseeing force yeah so do we uh, put ourselves in, in the scenario? I was just about to ask you the same thing. Um, so I think you and I, we're uh, having our traditional Halloween picnic in the woods. <laughs> I pack and I, I packed it this time. So there's both custard creams and bourbons. So we only have that debate. <laughs> we only have that debate this year. Yeah. We're not going to fall out. And we're just, we're having a nice, lovely picnic. Some Fanta Orange. Oh yeah, some coffee. No, some, some, no, some green tea. I don't drink coffee. Well, you can have green tea. I packed it. There's, I, I thought of you. There's green tea. There's and bourbons. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and we're just randomly attacked by a deadite. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm just going into the exact same scenario we did in our third ever episode, which is Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's what I thought we, you were. Yeah. We, we killed a deadite. Fight. We just like we don't. We've got no attachment to the body it took, so we just it takes fucking a couple of, hack it to bits. Yeah, it takes a couple <laughs> of goes. We like our instinct is obviously go for the head, and then we realize it's still going. That so didn't we, work. We think, okay, dismemberment then, because if it's got no arms and legs, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not going to do much damage. Yeah, and you're like, Jesus, I can't believe it took us that long to to dismember that possessed person, and I'm just like possessed, <laughs> and so. We're like, oh, sorry, oh, I've got a dog here looking for water. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God damn it. You need to leave that in. <laughs> it's funny, like, did you hear him screech? Yeah, I was about to ask you if it was the dog there. and uh... I, I didn't even know he had been looking for water, and then I just heard him screech, and I turned around, and he was just looking up. I have this, like massive jug of water that he was just looking up at where were we oh yeah so so we 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 take care of the demon and uh i guess we go we're just like that was a bit that was a bit weird (laughs) (laughs) like last time we had a picnic it was a zombie apocalypse (laughs) well no i think we've had a picnic since that and we just got stuck in the woods yeah we talked about slasher movies oh yeah but yeah, so we, uh, I guess then we see a cabin. Oh, look, there's this cabin over there, Shane. Maybe people being in there will know what's going on. I'm just trying to get us into the cabin with the characters from Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. So if anybody is the cause of this 
random dead thing attacking us it's the people in that cabin over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that creepy see that creepy cabin where the uh the swing on the outside is just moving back and forward really really creepily like yeah. that surely that surely is a sign see all those empty cans of beer outside <laughs> there's college <laughs> students in there <laughs> or would we be like that or would we be like well Clearly the people in that cabin are responsible, so we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> or is the bridge, the bridge is already down. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have to stay, we have to go to the cabin, find out what's going on. So we, we leave our unicycles at the side of the bridge and we head, <laughs> <laughs> we head back up to the cabin. Um, I guess we, we would get there, this has to be at the point, even though this makes no sense because we're having a picnic during the day. But let's say when we get there, she has already kicked off. So there's somebody already in the cellar. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how, how much use more useful we'd be in this scenario. Because I feel like Bruce Campbell is pretty effective. He does a damn good job. Yeah. Maybe maybe I started this scenario wrong. Maybe we're just in the cabin. We're just having a weekend away together. <laughs> it's We've had our... It's just the two of us. We've had our traditional Halloween picnic in the woods and then we retire to the cabin for an early night. <laughs> like like really like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> We're in bunk beds. <laughs> and we hear the trap door. The, tra- the trap, not trap door, uh, but no, the cellar door. Well, the trap door implies that it's a trap. Like no, you walk but- over it and it falls down. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it does, yeah. But I, I, I think I would normally call that a trapdoor anyway. But so it blows up, blows out or up or whatever. And uh, we probably would go down to invest, investigate because why wouldn't you? It's like, yeah, of course you would. It's just to win. But also you'd be like, oh, I didn't even realize we had a cellar. That's cool. And then we go down there. And I think the first question I'd ha- I'd ask is, who the fuck hung a Hills Have Eyes poster up in a cellar in a cabin up the Tennessee mountains. <laughs> did you notice that? I did notice that. I meant to say that to you earlier. It's like, why Like why is that there? And I know why it's there. Because it's actually uh, oh, well, obviously it's mother's basement. No. <laughs> well, that's probably why. But no, why I think that's there. If uh, So in the Hills Have Eyes, there's a, a pretty like kind of not it's not even that graphic but it's just kind of a bit horrible there's there's a rape scene in that film where one of the mutants guys rapes the the daughter in the the like holiday home van thing and there's a poster of jaws ripped in half on the wall and it was wes craven it was meant to be like wes craven saying to steven spielberg that jaws wasn't real terror that this is real terror uh, and then okay. so it was a joke at Sam Raimi saying to Wes Craven, the hills and hills have eyes, this in real terror, this is real terror. That's pretty funny. And it was just this ongoing joke. And then I've always, I've looked for it in loads of horror movies, but I've never seen an Evil Dead poster ripped in half in the background. Well, you got to be the ones to do it, Johnny. No, you see, I think the reason people don't is because it seemed way too, like, cocky at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably won't make a better film. <laughs> if you do it and people don't like your film, you'll just look like the biggest douchebag ever. All the more reason to do it. Um, think no, you take, like, a the poster to remake or something. You'd be very oh, safe yeah. about it. Think, think about the subs you'd get for that, though. But so we go down into the basement 
would you well and here's the thing actually with the film because the one of the tropes of the you know silly kids unleashing the demon is that they find some ancient book and read a passage from it and unleash the demons but they don't actually do that in evil dead like the demons are already i know because that's there that's literally the plot point of ash versus the evil dead is someone reads from the book or something and you're right um which is like the cliche thing but in this they they don't do that it's the like as they're listening to the tape we see an exterior shot outside of the ground and like demonic light coming from it yeah but it's also already been established we, we've already seen the pov of the demon and he's possessed cheryl while she's drawing and stuff so and that seems just there to add a creepy factor i guess but the demons are already unleashed yeah like the opening before they even arrive because like yeah the opening with them driving the car and this the camera is floating through the woods it's kind of suggested yeah. that's a, that's the demon and then if yeah. the if the professor had read like in him recording that audio recording he'd already released the he's demon. already read the verse yeah yeah, yeah exactly so they so they, so they're not actually to blame in this. No, they're always there. It's like in in the cabin in the woods to do that thing where it's trying to ask ah, probably too much to get in the cabin in the woods. But they reference Evil Dead in that movie, but it's like to, they're trying to get the kids to read the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they don't they don't do it in Evil yeah. Dead. So so they're not actually the point is even though like nobody could really be to blame for like accidentally unleashing demons for reading a pa- passage of a book because why would you think that actually happen yeah but even so in this they don't do it yeah i hadn't thought of that it's funny um but let's say let's ignore the tape thing let's say we we if you and i are sharing a cabin for some reason and we find that stash down in the cellar like let's say we find an ancient book would you would you read it of course you would would you not like well I, it's not that i wouldn't out of um fear of unleashing a demon or anything but i'd also be like well, what's the point of me reading a book in a language i don't understand oh yeah like why would i because st- <laughs> that's the cliche in these films they pick up some foreign text and they just start like reading it and trying to pronounce the words and <laughs> yeah. accidentally unleash a demon <laughs> yeah. and like why would you do that why would you spend like five mi- minutes just reading something you don't understand out loud <laughs> no you wouldn't it's not, it's like, not yeah. something anybody would ever do because there's, there's even it's it's weird because it's like it's almost as if they knew it would be a trope but I don't know of any movie that did it before them. Because there's a whole scene before the the cellar door flips open where um, Ash does like a, he does a toast and he does it in, he says it in Latin. And then, because they're college students who are learning Latin or whatever. And and then Scotty translates it for the girls because girls don't learn Latin. Like, cause, you know. Um. I think is that just because like they're in a, a frat house or something? Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And but he whatever he does the, the phrase to like, and I I at that moment it's almost like it's setting up. Oh, he'll be able to read the Latin in the book, oh, yeah, and then yeah. there's no so Latin in the book. That, that was my first thought because I had that idea in my head that it was going to be him reading the book because from what I knew of the sequels and stuff, you know. Um, that just reminded me of an amazing scene in army of darkness where he has where he has to read a passage from a book <laughs> can you remember that and he's afraid to because uh 
how it sounds. There's a certain word he has to say that he's afraid to say. (laughs) It's you know the scene. I think so. It's a word that's it starts with an N. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really funny scene. Because <laughs> it's the humor. Like, it's great. Well, so if we found a book, we probably wouldn't unleash a demon because we wouldn't see the point of reading aloud a, a book we don't understand. But let's say, so the demons... No, you'd flip through the imagery, like a... Yeah. So I just look at the pictures anyway, so yeah. I read comics. I don't need to read the writing. <laughs> if they're not drawn well enough to understand the story, then they're not good comics. That's that's my... That's what I always say. Yeah. But well, if it's just me and you, we don't really need to worry about like it's only if one of us gets possessed, we're just going to have to dismember the other. So, yeah, it's a much simpler scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of haven't thought about it. We really haven't given the scenario much thought. Yeah. Well, you see, I feel like so so killing a deadite just in general, right? So it's obviously much more difficult than a zombie, where it's not just like a hit to the head. No, it's like or a decapitation. It's like a zombie, but you got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like you can do t- so like and well, also like decapitating it doesn't really slow it slow it down because the body's still going to come at you. Like the best thing you could probably do is go for the legs. Like take the legs out first cuz at least then you can run. You can make some Well, if it has no legs, it can't follow you. Yeah. It'll have to crawl at least so it's slowed down and that makes it easier to dismember the rest of it. So I think that's the the biggest lesson is just, you know, like the Shaun of the Dead rule was just aim for the head. Yeah. Uh, in this, it's just aim for the kneecaps. That's just that's... go for the kneecaps every time. Because once it's once you've kneecapped a deadite or taken its legs out in some way, like chainsawed legs off, it falls to the ground, it's still going to be coming at you, but it's going to be crawling. But like, it's going to be a lot easier to to dismember from from there. In the yeah. Evil Dead movies, they always decapitate it first, but it actually makes no difference. The body no. still comes at them the exact same way as it would if it had a head. Yeah. The only difference is the head is the other side of the room laughing. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that changes. It's, it's technically a waste of time, but visually and comically, it's way more entertaining. Oh, it's <laughs> fantastic! Fantastic, of course. But if you ever find yourself up against a, a deadite, aim for the kneecaps, I think, is the golden rule. What's wrong with her eyes? Did you see her eyes? That's how you know you got a deadite on your hands. That's, uh... I love the name deadite as well. Because like a, like a zombie, good. like that's it. Like the difference is a zombie will make very little noise, maybe just a groan, and it'll probably shuffle towards you. Or it could be a fast zombie, but... You know, your deadite is it's taunting you, it's laughing, it's an instant change to having like boils and blistery skin and they're Yeah. No here's a good question. Which would you rather go up against? A deadite or uh like Dawn of the Dead remake zombie, like a fast a fast zombie. I think you've a better chance against a deadite. Cause, yeah, because I feel like the the demon, and it's a, a good thing that's in a lot of uh, like supernatural stuff, including this the TV show of Supernatural. The demons are kind of they have some human attributes where they have egos. Demons yeah. have egos, and they want to fuck with you. And it's it, it's definitely in the Evil Dead where they want to torment you, yeah, and get one up on you. So they're going to take their time. Yeah, you have time, which to- gives you a better chance. 
Whereas like the fast moving zombie from like 28 Days Later or whatever, or World War, the film World War Z, they just want to rip you to shreds. Yeah. So you, you don't really stand a chance against them. I think with a deadite, you can like use their ego to your advantage. Yeah. And yeah, you can buy yourself time while you get yourself an axe or a machete or a chainsaw or whatever. Um, where with the fast zombie, like, oh, no, that's, I think that's the worst. <laughs> the only thing is, I don't think no matter how hard you hit like a human with a, a shovel, I don't think you could actually de- decapitate them. So I think that's something you probably shouldn't try. Oh yeah. You'd probably, you'd break somebody, you'd eat, like if you swung a shovel at somebody's neck, good chance you'll break their neck. Yeah. But, but as far as demon disposal, I don't think you'd actually decapitate somebody with a shovel that easily. Um, But there seems to be, it's not explicitly said or anything like that, but there seems to be like a rapid onset of rotting flesh. Decomposition. Like a decomposition yeah. involved in yeah, that, a dead eye. It's like, it's like. That's a fair point. It's like yeah. the possession of yeah, the demon. The first, like Cheryl, Cheryl, early on, she just, her eyes change color and her skin is paler. Yeah. But then when we see her in the cellar later, suddenly she looks like an old haggard witch. Yeah. And it's clearly that she's just wearing a prosthetic mask. But um yeah, so that's a good point. So they are more they're more corpse like, yeah. And her teeth rot yeah, her teeth are rotten and I, everything actually, you're right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's like the, the, the demonic possession just causes like death and destruction and decay to yeah. the human body. So perhaps they come apart. So I guess easier. goes back to a lot of a lot of literature. Once once a demon gets a hold of your soul, it shows on your Oh, on yeah. your skin i love that that's cool that's a good point so yeah i guess yeah that's why they're easier decapitated but i think with the rule i think like and i know maybe it sounds like i'm simplifying it just so as we can wrap up but i do think that like aiming for the knees aim like taking out their legs is kind of your best bet yeah i think that's good advice so so do you think we survive the evil dead I'm not sure. This is one of those ones where I'm, I'm not I think this is one of those ones we're going to have to revisit, maybe. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure on that. I have to say I'm, I'm really 50-50 on it because I think from our previous experience, we'd be going in. I could just see us in a room surrounded by deadites and you and me are like, headshot, 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 headshot. Ah, yeah, we got this zombie thing. And then they just keep coming. <laughs> like we go in cocky, you know. But we've played the tape. We know yeah. that it has to be dismemberment. I think, no, I think I think we'd have figured out yeah. that, that taking out the kneecaps is the best way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'd take us that long to figure that out. I forgot the tape kind of gives you instructions, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then the instant conclusion from you would be, Shane... <laughs> We obviously we take out the legs first. But, yeah. but even without the tape, I think like if we shot them in the head and they didn't go down, I think my next thing would be, well, at least kneecap them to at least that at least slow. Because that 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 works for anything. Yeah. Like you kneecap any assailant yeah, yeah. and it it buys you some time. And in this case, it buys you enough time to hack the rest of them up. Yeah, that's it's a pretty good way to put them down. No matter what it is. I don't think that's ever been like a focus in any of the franchise though, where they just aim for the legs every time. <laughs> but it does make sense. Yeah, it's always go for the face or the chest. Well, the thing is like, they're lucky. The kids in The Evil Dead are lucky this all happened in a cabin up the mountains in Tennessee. 
because there's so few bodies for the demon to possess themselves like yeah. if this happens in like even a a, a pop a town with a population of 500 people <laughs> you don't stand it you don't stand a chance no you're done for even if you are special like ash you seems to be not be able to be fully possessed or whatever like mm. but they'll just keep coming for you yeah you don't yeah. stand a chance I, I was thinking about that actually i meant to say that there's um because there's a whole scene it's almost the very end like third act where it's like we see what being possessed is like from his perspective and it's like it tries and the mirror turns into a pool and he puts his hand in it and then he's like ah like it hurts his hand and stuff and it's like the demon's trying to get a hold of him and it can't yeah and um so it's almost like that's what the others went through it's like they went insane and they had a mad acid yeah. trip and never came out of it where he he shakes it off like and, uh, and he, yeah and they go in, in evil dead too like he properly gets possessed but then he ends up being it's almost like the incredible hulk where he can control it yeah uh and i think he might use it to fight the de- like he 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 uses the demon's own power against it at one point oh cool but then you see it goes back to like because at the end of the evil dead 2 he goes back in time yeah and then it's revealed that he goes back to the medieval period and he's the he's the savior and then he realizes that there's a page in the book of the dead that speaks of a savior and it's him so it's this whole self-fulfilling prophecy like that yeah so and and i guess that means he has some sort of predestined power Okay, no, I've I've a bit more confidence. I think uh, I think I think we could survive, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. I feel like you're I'm gonna you're, be controversial. You're just pushing to do a follow up episode. I think I'm gonna be controversial, Johnny, and I'll say at least one of us will survive. Okay, I think we'd survive, but maybe we need to revisit this. Yeah, maybe not next week, but maybe next Halloween. Oh yeah, but I will say that next week. Even though this time next week, Halloween will actually be over. But this is like our October. Uh, our, our Halloween extends into November. But either way, we will be returning to a cabin in the woods. Until then, have a nice apocalypse.